0: everybody. This is Heath Mulliken. We want to welcome you to this very special first-time uh, press conference uh, where we're coming together as uh, wrestling fans here in South Carolina, and North Carolina, and getting a live announcement of the winners of the Carolinas Professional Wrestling Awards. Uh, so it is great to be with you. Uh, we got a couple other people joining us. We may have some other people jumping in. Let's go first to someone who has a great show, but also was a panelist this year, Mr. Joseph Brown.
1: Hey guys, thanks for having me.
0: Uh, Joe is with Suplexes and Microphones. You can find them Facebook, uh, Twitter, YouTube. Some really cool uh, interviews, and they've got, spoiler alert, they got a big 2019 uh, plan. And, uh, so basically what we're going to do is I'm going to turn it over here in just a second, uh, to Robert Truesdale, otherwise known as Red Beard. Robert's going to go through, uh, the winners of each award. And then once he's done, um, we're just going to kind of talk about it. Just have, uh, a civil, a civil discussion, uh, <laughs> about the process. And, uh, Joe, uh, you know, love to get your thoughts, uh, as a panelist this year, and then maybe close out with, uh, some predictions for 2019. So, uh, again, we thank, you know, wherever you're watching this, we're making this available to different podcasts and Facebook pages. Uh, So wherever you're watching this, we just appreciate your support of Carolina's independent wrestling. So without further ado, uh, the man uh, who is, uh, just does so much hard work behind the CPWA's and puts up with so much stuff. Uh, Robert Truesdale. Robert, the floor is yours, and uh, thanks for doing this, man.
2: Well, Heath, I want to say thank you to you, especially for hosting this event and for putting this whole thing together for us here. You know, we we talked about the different ways we could have potentially made the announcements uh, regarding the winners this year, and I had several different individuals come to me asking for sort of an exclusive about uh, the winners, and in my mind, I was thinking for a way. Well, how can we make this fair and uh, you know, press conference seemed to be the most obvious choice, but I had no way of actually making this happen. So when I brought it up to you, you were the first, of course, to chime in with exactly how we could do this. So I appreciate your time and your effort hosting this whole thing for us. Absolutely. Uh, So we'll jump into things here with the first category we want to discuss, which is going to be ring announcer of the year. Uh, This category had a couple of new faces involved with it, as we've had a couple of new entrance into the ring announcer fray. Um, it's a category, I'll say, that we've honestly you know, toyed with do we want to keep this around or not? Because it seems like you know, we have pretty limited stock in terms of real high-quality ring announcers. But this year, we had a pretty expansive uh, set of finalists. But in the end, there was one who shined through, and that one was none other than Brett Wolverton. There you have it, 2018 ring announcer of the year, Brett Wolverton. Congratulations to him for, I, I don't know how many in a row this might be, but it might be a baker's dozen at this point in time. Right. And I, I take that back because Corky Franks well, won a couple of years ago. So but congratulations to Brett for sure. And then moving on from there, our next category was referee of the year. We've got somebody popping in here joining the press conference, so we'll give them a moment. To it looks on. like my podcast partner Nate's
1: jumping on here.
0: I, I believe so. Nate, welcome to the proceed, uh, proceeding, sir.
2: We'll give him a moment to get settled there. But the next category we'll talk about is referee of the year. Um, I, I think referees are always that individual that gets i won't say discredited but they don't get the amount of credit they deserve for what they actually are involved with when it comes to a wrestling match being successful so these individuals are unheralded heroes a lot of times Um, but our finalists for this year were chris wiggins ray boring and jared fritz and uh out of that crew of course we're going to have a first time winner and that winner this year was Jared Fritz. There you have it. Jared, Jared has done a remarkable job of training and becoming a uh, a real sought-after individual when it comes to being one of the top officials in this part of the world. So definitely want to give him a lot of credit for the amount of work he's done and getting to where he is in his career. Okay. Right. Yeah. are But again, what did you Here. do? Um, we had a couple of new entrants into this one as well. Manager of the year is always kind of a hot button topic because some people say, okay, well there aren't really enough managers to go around. But then some folks say, well, there's some people who deserve credit and recognition that didn't get it. Um, and this year I think we really hit the nail on the head in terms of bringing a lot of exposure to the managers that are out there and we had a good roster represented by the following people uh george south amber young jack bismarck papa riley otherwise known as zane riley and tommy thomas and before i get to the winner i will say that we had a couple of you know we we debuted fan voting this year in terms of the fans choice polls for the most part the winners of the fans choice polls were also ultimately the winners of the actual awards this one did not go that way mm-hmm. the winner of this award this year for management of the year 2018 is tommy thomas that's a wonderful picture there tommy i'm sure he would agree that that's reflective <laughs> of his personality and what he does as part of the management duties of the syndicate and other groups around the country there as well so congratulations to him this is I believe his third um, CPWA for manager of the year. All right. And going from there, another hot button um, category that we have this year is of course, feud of the year. Cause there was a lot of discussion about um, not only the feuds themselves, but also the people involved in them. So for this category, our finalists for Caleb Conley versus Zane Dawson from AML wrestling. Uh, we had Kevin Ray versus Ethan Case from Palmetto Championship Wrestling. Power, Josh Powers versus Beasley from PWX Pure. And also Malachi Matthews versus Ethan Case, also from Palmetto Championship Wrestling. Um, I think that any of those, in my opinion, would have been a great few to revisit at any point in time and rewatch again, which I'm going to throw a plug in there for the SOS Custom Wrestling Network. A lot of the stuff from um, several of these you can find out there shared either with them or via that network, but at the same time, I will go ahead and say that our winner, our feud of the year, 2018, Malachi Matthews versus Ethan Case from Palmetto Championship Wrestling. There you have it. Those two gentlemen there um, had a just a series of encounters that really spanned not only the Carolinas as a whole, but also really focused into Palmetto Championship Wrestling with the ultimate payoff there of their match that they had here about uh, about a month or so ago. um, That was really brutal, very intense matchup, something that you'll, of course, also be able to see on the SOS Custom Wrestling Network here at some point in time, if not already. All right, and now we're starting to get into some new territory. Um, this was a brand-new award, and I'm talking about the Fire of the Carolinas Award. We debuted this award this year as a result of something that happened last year with the Rising Star category. The situation last year was such that we had a, just a, a huge number of finalists in Rising Star, so we wanted to have a way of whittling that down to where it was uh, some sort of greenhorns that were up-and-coming talent, but also we wanted to have a, uh, an opportunity to show appreciation to someone who had a great year, might not have reached wrestler of the year category uh, status, but still had a fantastic set of performances regardless. Um, so in this category this year, we had a great group. This was to me, this is kind of an MVP list here as well in terms of talent from this area. But in this category, our finalists were Drew Adler, Josh Powers, Slim J, Billy Brash, and Darius Lockhart, and for the first ever award of the Fire of the Carolinas, the winner is Darius Lockhart, the revolutionary Darius Lockhart, I should say. And definite kudos to that young man for a lot of the things he's accomplished in 2018. Not only did he return to the United Kingdom for another tour over there, held the PWX ITV championship for a majority of the year, and also, just recently, here, of course, um, I think you guys were in attendance there, there a week or so ago when he won the viral pro wrestling heavyweight championship as well. So, definite kudos to Darius for continuing to um, climb that ladder. And I, I mentioned a moment ago that we had a couple of categories where the fans' vote did not necessarily um, wind up winning. But this is, I think, evidence of, again, how much talent we have in this area, and just how opinions sort of vary depending on who's um, weighing in at that point in time. But for the Rising Star of the Year category, we had another great crew of up-and-coming talent. I think these guys are going to be that next crop that we start talking about here, either in Fire of the Carolinas or rest of the year, um, in the next, say, year or two. Um, But our finalists for Rising Star were the gifted one, Yaya, Movie Mike, Kevin Ray, and Devin Cruz. Again, great combination of talent there, but the one that came out on top with the final vote was none other than Yaya. I've had an opportunity to uh, see this man continue to develop as part of the NAWA roster and several other different promotions across the Carolinas. He's doing great things. He has a combination of that sort of junkyard dog William Mack sort of mentality and tremendous um, physicality and what he's able to do in the ring. So definitely uh, if you've not already take time out to catch this man when he's appearing in a promotion near you. And I think we can always count on some controversy when it comes to the tag team of the year category. Uh, This year was Exactly along those lines, we had some folks who felt as though we should have included a few more um, tag teams in this mix, but I will say that this is probably the top three in the area, in my opinion, for having focused on the Carolinas in 2018, not to say that we don't have a ton of great tag teams. This is just sort of the centralized crew here. Uh, The finalists for tag team of the year were the Sons of Steel, the Monster Squad, and the Dawson Brothers. Dawson Brothers, of course, were the winners in 2017. Um, they did not repeat, however, in 2018, because the winners of the tag team of the year category for 2018 are the Monster Squad. Uh, you know, I hate to hear of the fact that Josh Cutchall uh, was injured here, whether the uh, past week or so suffered a broken collarbone um, as a result of competition that best wrestling in Florida. Um, They have some really crazy shows down there, but I do know that uh, Josh is already on the mend. He's looking forward to getting back in the ring and continuing domination that they have really sort of uh, set on fire here in the past couple of months. They really have caught um, a lot of people's attention. And I know that they'll be back together as a tag team here soon. Uh, Billy and he have tremendous um, charisma and just a, a great combination of personalities there that really work off of each other so definitely looking forward to seeing them back together as a tag team in the ring soon and now we're down to our top two categories female and male wrestler of the year um, in terms of female wrestling around this area you know I really I try to encourage promoters whenever I have a chance to talk to them to say you know you need to try and have some more female um, wrestlers involved because there really are a lot of talents in this area that are available and that will you know, be involved with a promotion just if they're given the opportunity. So um, I do hope to continue to try and get that uh, sort of put over in the coming year to where we can continue to grow women's professional wrestling in this area. Um, there are a couple of promotions that do it very well, but there's there are a lot of promotions that could do it better in my opinion too. But the finalists for female wrestler of the year, or Maddie Max, Savannah Evans, Ronnie Nicole, and Faye Jackson, uh, and we have a two-time winner in this category, as Savannah Evans is your 2018 Female Wrestler of the Year. And definite kudos to Savannah. She has uh, captured several championships in multiple promotions, not the least of which. Is an old school championship wrestling a ladies' championship. She's defended that against several top competitors uh, to come into that promotion and are looking forward to seeing what she can do there and elsewhere in 2019. All right, and we're down now to the final category wrestler of the year. I'll tell you, this to me in 2018 was sort of an impossible category to really buckle down on and say, okay, this is the guy, until it kind of got towards the third quarter of the year, and it started to really shine, in my opinion, as to who it was going to be. Um, There's some great names and some great people involved in this category. We probably could have named a few more, but the top three in terms of the finalists for the rest of the year category were J.D. Drake, of course, who's the current WWN heavyweight champion, Darius Lockhart, who has already been mentioned here previously, and Billy Brash, who is, of course, holding multiple titles as well at this point in the Carolinas. The man who came out on top, the Wrestler of the Year for 2018 in the Carolinas. None other than built to self-destruct, Billy Brash. There you have it. The Wrestler of the Year for the Carolinas Professional Wrestling Awards. Brash there holding the AML prestige title, which is something he's held for a majority of 2018. And we want to wish him continued success throughout 2019 as he has just had a meteoric rise to where he is at this point in time in his career. And that is our roster of winners there for 2018. Um, at this point, Heath, I will turn it back over to you for whatever is to come next year.
0: Yeah, so um, Robert, thank you uh, for all of that. Um, like I said, just really wanna have um, more of a uh, discussion. So uh, I guess let me start out and um, Joe and Nate, if you guys wanna jump in, jump in, uh, in any time. Let's just kind of have like a, a, a round table discussion. Um, look at, looking back, Robert, over the, over the year, I know you get you get the nominations and you're you're formulating everything. Um what was a name who who was a name that you thought for sure at the start of the year, well this person is definitely going to be a finalist for something that didn't that didn't become a finalist but still had a great year. Anybody I'll tell you the there,
2: there, there are actually three names that I could bring up sort of immediately. One of them dawned on me as we were having some meetings and discussion here um, about the finalists and whatnot, and uh, that's Tracer X. Mm. I think uh, Tracer had a tremendous 2018. I think there were a couple different categories that he could have qualified for, um, but he – I can't say why, but he just wasn't there. Um, Another one, um, of course, Anthony Henry. Anthony has had a great 2018, but I think he's another one of those guys who has – and it's unfortunate, but it's also great. Uh, it's it's very weird to say because you have bad, good, and it's all right here in the middle to where he's kind of outgrown the Carolinas, and he's branched off and done great things in a lot of different places. So kudos to him and all these guys who get out and get over as the saying is going on uh, these days. Um, I think he's another one that could have been in that mix there as well. And I'd say also a John Scottler. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's he's always going to be in the conversation, in my opinion, until he – I don't know why, but until he finally gets that opportunity at a bigger contract somewhere, he's always, to me, going to be in that top group of talent that we have in this area.
0: Yeah, I, I think, you know, it, it's kind of a catch-22, because when I think of Tracer, and I'm, I'm thinking back to – how many promotions in the carolinas he he worked for i mean may i mean if you dig down deep like he may have worked more promotions than anybody i mean i don't have the numbers in front of me but that which is a great thing but then it also may be a a bad thing because if you're just kind of hitting spots here and there at places you don't really get a chance to kind of move into the main event picture but I mean he's had great matches uh, uh, great matches everywhere and yeah I was I was uh, really surprised uh, just like just like you um, any any of the winners uh, were there any of the winners that you thought oh my goodness that's kind of a upset or if did it kind of track with where you were at personally?
2: one of the bigger ones to me was tag team of the year um i, I didn't know really how it was going to go especially after our finalist got the uh, name there um some uh, people were really looking forward to seeing like the gymnasties or um the uh, ducklings in that category but here again you know they, they've outgrown sport of the carolinas not to say that they didn't have great matches here in 2018 but you know once again they spent a lot of time developing the brands and doing a lot of great things outside of our territory as well. Um, but the monster squad, I think surprised some people right. to be in that area and to call it on like they did, but they call fire at the right time of year. Um, you know, we talk about award season right. a lot of times in regard to these things and it is sort of timing. And in their case, they had some great things happening towards the end of the year that really put them at the forefront. So I think that was something that probably, uh, caught a lot of people um, by surprise, uh, more than likely. Um, that's probably that's the biggest one I would say. The rest of them were pretty, pretty close. I think um, Rising Star could have gone a couple different ways there as well. Um, but again, Yah Yah um, had a great second half of the year. Mm. Uh, the latter match, or excuse me, yeah, it was it was the latter match um, at uh, AML Wrestling's event there with impact wrestling, where they were all fighting for the prestige championship. That was a, a crazy match that sort of put him on the map. Um, but still, you know, he has done some great things and I'm sure he'll continue to do that in 2019.
0: Hey, uh, Joe, let me ask you a question real quick. I, You know, I was able to be, uh, Mark Whitman and I were able to be a, a panelist last year, kind of in the same situation as, as you and Nate. There were times, you know, we wanted to split our vote. But what was it? What was the experience like for you? Like once you once you were asked, you and Nate, once you were asked to be panelist, like did you did you find yourself watching more wrestling and uh, getting more into it? And what was the experience like? Uh,
1: Nate, you want to go first on
3: this? Uh, sure. Um, yeah, I watched a few more tapes. Um, most of the candidates I was already you know pretty familiar with, and um, Joe and I just, uh, I don't know if it's familiarity or just um, being of a like mind. We tend to agree with each other pretty often anyway. So as far as combining a vote together, that was pretty easy for us.
1: <laughs> yeah, we only had uh, one or two that we compromised on,
0: right, Nate?
3: Yeah, I think so. Everything else was pretty pretty much, yeah, 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 you know, all, all, right. in, all in agreement.
0: Yeah. I'm like Robert. I was, so I'd love to get y'all's thoughts on this. I definitely feel like the monster squad had a, had a really good year, very deserving. Uh, They had a tremendous run in Palmetto championship wrestling. Uh, Just a real hot streak Um, The just the different teams that they beat Um, but they weren't on my radar uh, at the beginning of the year for, for tag team of the year. I, you know, I guess I had, Gymnasties the Ducks and I'm sure those guys uh, got got nominated Um, but I think it goes to say like the monster squad they're kind of like the new guys on the scene and they connected with the audience this year in a way that maybe some of these other teams didn't this year does that make any sense
3: yeah well I mean it's like um, first of all I want to say that that Joe and I kind of saw this team birthed out of uh, viral Mm -hmm. wrestling in Thompson Georgia and so uh, they kind of hold a special place in my heart, especially. Um, so it was uh, it was nice to see them finally getting used in other, um, other promotions as a team. Um, you know, each of them had wrestled singles and a lot of different promotions, and now seeing them used as a tag team, uh, like I said, PCW specifically, uh, PWX now. I think they're in fest last weekend together. So it's, uh, it's been nice seeing them getting more more time together as a team. As far as uh, Gymnastics and and the Ugly Ducklings go, I mean, I know the Ducklings, they won it last year. Is that correct? Oh, they won it in
2: 2016.
3: Yeah. Okay. Well, I know they won it before, and then, like you said, it's kind of the the thing with Anthony Henry where you said where they might have kind of outgrown just being, you know, Carolina's team. Um, Gymnastics are well-known for using the hashtag not local, you know, (laughs) these days. so. So, I mean, it could be the point where they've just kind of outgrown uh, this the two state region, and uh, that's just kind of why I didn't consider them personally for the title uh, tag team of the year. Just kind of want to give somebody else a chance, and it um, just uh, like I said, they've I think the Monster Squad uh, made great strides this year.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're really really fun to watch. Um, I think uh, Savannah Evans. I think we've all talked about her privately and and in public. Um, I, I do think there is, uh, outside of Queens of combat, there's this really big hole. And I think Queens of combat ran maybe eight shows in the Carolinas this year. I may be, maybe wrong, but again, they're not really a promotion that I'm super familiar with. I think moving forward, you know, people on the panel probably need to pay. And, and I wish that's something I would have done last year was pay more attention because they are, and they're not just kind of the go-to women's wrestling in the Carolinas, but probably the country. Um but Savannah Evans, man, she deserves, you know, any accolade she's gets. Such a such a great young woman and uh just to kind of see her continue to improve and finally get that OSCW uh women's title, man. That was that was a pretty cool uh moment that I think I think Robert and I were both down there for that, right?
2: We were. That was a tremendous moment there to see her get that victory because Um, She had had, you know, multiple matches with Stormy Lee down there. And uh, Stormy, you know, she was one that could have been brought up in that category as well for the fact that she held that title. She was the first OSCW Ladies Champion as well. But um, uh, Savannah, you know, she's had matches with uh, multiple um, talents that could be performers on any uh, card anywhere in terms of, you know, not just women's wrestlers either. We're talking about the fact that she's wrestled numerous men this year too, Had um, at a match up there with James Drake. I mean, come on. A lot of men would be terrified to get in the ring with him. And yet he right. here she is in there trading blows, you know, right. Um, can't say enough for Savannah. She's a great representative of uh, women's wrestling in this area.
0: Guys, you guys have any thoughts on Savannah?
1: It's kind of a no brainer,
0: right? Right. <laughs> I'll be honest in the women's category, there was, there was one of the, one of them that I had not heard of. And again, I do not follow, I, I don't follow, uh, women's wrestling. And so if they didn't wrestle outside of Queens of combat, I really had were it was not uh, familiar with them. Um, let's talk about uh, Robert. You mentioned fire of the Carolinas, a new award, uh, this year, uh, and, when, you, when I heard about this award and kind of saw where the year was going, this is the one I said, that's Dar- that's Darius Lockhart's <laughs> award to lose. And so I was very happy to see him win. I do think there may be some people on this call who are a little bit biased about that, uh, but I'm telling you, Suplex – I don't know guys, what you mean by that. <laughs> they, listen, these guys were on the Darius train early. Uh, guys, there had to be some sense – of satisfaction to be – and I'm just assuming you voted for him, but there had to be some sense of satisfaction to just see what this young man did in 2018.
1: Um, I'm not going to tell you who we voted for, but he was definitely nominated by us right, for this category. As, um,
0: as I did too. I, I nominated him too.
1: I, you you described it really well, though, Heath, talking about what you saw as the, the right – check boxes for fire of the carolinas darius hits them all and i i really think this this award this year was made
0: for him right right so so robert let me ask you this because i know um in your interview with carolina uncensored in different places um you talked about maybe refining some of the definitions for this award, uh, but for, for it being in the first year, how do you think everything uh, turned out with it?
2: I think it came out very well. The one concern I did have was that it would wind up overlapping with wrestler of the year, which was never the intention. It was intended to be, and I, I've, I've used a couple terms to describe this award, which I won't now because of people like Joseph and whatnot who have said, no, we don't call it that. Right. Um, but it's it's intended to really have a an up and coming type of feel to it, mm-hmm. to where it says, okay, this guy might not have been wrestler of the year, but in 2019 or whatever, he's one you really need to be watching because he's on the cusp of taking that next big step. And uh, I don't know anyone else who represents that more than Darius Lockhart in the Carolinas right now.
0: Yeah, what a what a great year a tour of uh, tour of England um the guy just he has put in the time he is one of the nicest young men you will meet inside or outside of wrestling and uh i I was really happy for him
2: i i tell you i I would um and it's one of those things to where it's on sort of a wrestling bucket list but i would love to make a similar tour across the uk to see some of those promotions over there and how they do things because um, the fan, fans in the you know, fans of sport in uh, the United Kingdom period are just really, really intense with how they get into it and whatnot. And I love that. I love the passion that they show. Right. And um, it just would be a really cool thing to see in person because they've got a lot of really uh, top-notch promotions over there. WWE did not start the UK division for any random reason whatsoever. They they knew what they were doing when they started that. So. Um, definitely kudos to Darius for going across the pond and, uh, taking the time to continue to build his brand.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think, uh, I'm just trying to go through my mind who, I, I want to make sure we talk a little bit about each, uh, each award. Uh, let's talk about rising star of the year. Yaya is a guy who, um, I did not get a chance to see live this year. Uh, he was a guy to me that came out of nowhere i know and he is he's wrestled aml uh pwx pure uh nawa if i'm not mistaken he he really got himself out there uh just debuted at viral pro uh which i know is outside of our region but he he is a guy who like darius in fire of the carolinas y'all y'all really he man he really built himself some momentum and And just, he's only a couple of years in.
2: Mm -hmm. He has the natural charisma about him that people want to watch. And, you know, even if he did not have the physical gifts that he does, because you watch him perform one or two times and you see very much what I'm talking about in terms of his abilities um, as a, a ring tactician. But above and beyond that, he has that draw and allure of being just himself in the ring that makes you want to watch him right um very rare quality and he's uh, one of the few in this area that could just you know ooze charisma uh, as they could say here but um definitely uh see him as a hot commodity going forward and um you know we um myself and michael elliot you know we're calling matches for nawa we've gotten to see him sort of grow and come out of his shell, um as part of that promotion there and just really uh, couldn't say more about
0: him yeah he's definitely one of those guys i want to see get a south carolina license and start uh, making his way across the palmetto state uh yes. joe nate what, what are some of your thoughts maybe on yaya or any of the other nominees for or finalists for rising star
3: uh i actually got to see yaya uh this past saturday at a viral for the first time got to see him in person i'd seen videos of him and clips and um i gotta say uh it didn't do justice seeing him a person and just seeing as robert mentioned his interaction with the with the crowd um it seemed very natural it didn't seem um forced or like you're pandering uh he's just uh seems to be a very likable guy as far as personality goes and uh, just uh just kind of an it factor it's just natural you know as a as Enzo would used to say, you can't teach that. It's <laughs> one of those things that uh, you either have it or you don't. Right. And right. uh and then plus his in ring ability, just uh, uh the way he he gets up for his drop kicks and his his flips and, and dives, things like that is just uh his swanton, just things like that, it's just uh you know a guy of his size shouldn't be able to do it as easily as he does. So um you know, I'm seeing Bam Bam Bigelow just being amazed at his agility and uh he's got Bam Bam beat easily, so
0: Joe, any, any thoughts on Yah-Yah?
1: I love Yah-Yah. I believe in Yah. Um, <laughs> uh, after I saw him at Pure, I, you know, that, that was one of the ones that I said, I got to see more. And then he was uh, obviously one of my nominations for this award as well. Uh, there, were, there were a lot of good, very well-deserving nominees, though. And uh, I think I mentioned a Redbeard. Uh, if I could do anything over again, I might nominate a few more people for various categories. Not all of them, but one or two more. Um, but I think I think we did pick
2: some really great ones. And, uh, Heath, I'll jump back in here to reiterate a point that you made a moment ago. Uh, talent out there, if you're watching this or if you're seeing this, spend the money. Get yourself an, an SC wrestler's license and come join the fund because guess what? There are promotions here who will be glad to put you on a card if you're licensed and able to work. Uh, trust me, the number of promotions is growing in this area and uh, there's money to be made in South Carolina. So just keep that in mind.
0: Yeah. And I, and this is just me personally to me. And I, you know, I don't, I don't mean to be the dead horse to me as, as, as a fan, as a, not just a fan of wrestling, but a fan of the CPWAs, as somebody who talks about all this stuff somebody it it is the carolinas it's a plural thing in the awards so if if i'm having an opportunity to vote i'm always gonna lean a little more toward somebody that's wrestled in both states i encourage yeah all the young guys you got to get out there and um make it happen uh robert there's been a lot talked about last year with that award the rising star I think there were like fourteen. There were so many finalists, and it and this year you cut it back. I think you said three to five years experience was the max. Uh, how do you think that affected? I mean, obviously affected the sheer numbers, uh, but did that have the desired effect that you wanted in that award going more to a younger performer?
2: It did, and that was the the real goal of the Rising Star was to you know, and, and this is I'll I'll give you this this good example, and this bad example, because we, a couple of years ago, um, awarded James Drake, the rising star of the year category. Well, at that point in time, James Drake had been in the business for an excess of a decade. Right. So not to discredit him for his accomplishments, but that was not the intention of what a rising star award should have been. Um, and I think we've, you know, we've definitely gotten ourselves on the right track with the rising star category now in refining it to five years or less in the business. Um, we are very fortunate in this part of the world to have a cupboard of talent that is constantly being resupplied thanks to the schools and different programs we have in this part of the world. Um, So I don't think it's a a category that will ever not have enough talent to really look at for consideration. Um, The one that we are going to have to try and find a way of refining though is Fire of the Carolinas because I don't want it to Continued to crowd you know crossover intersect with um wrestler of the year type categories i want it to be something that is very specific and saying okay this is um this is definitely a you know talent recognition thing that is almost to wrestler of the year but not quite there so we've got to find a way of um it uh, and I, I hate to use words as the reason right. for something not getting over but descriptively we've got to find a way to make that really uh, a point in 2019 i think we will and and see a couple years
0: ago when drake won rising star uh had that criteria had had the awards been like they are now he would have been a runaway for fire of the carolinas i mean that's that was really if you go back to that that was really what he was he was being voted because he just i mean it shows now he had I mean, James Drake. I mean, he's been working for so long these last three years. He's come out of nowhere um, to do some Absolutely. to do some really really big things and some uh, some cool things. Um, Manager of the year, Tommy Thomas, great talent. He didn't win it last year. Had a really good this year. And if I'm not mistaken, and I could be, was is Elijah Evans the first? PWX heavyweight champion that he had managed. Again, I'm, I, again, if I'm wrong, I, you know, I, I apologize. I, am my brain, my memory of, of PWX only goes back a couple of years.
2: I, I think you may be correct. I, I don't know that he's ever managed a, one of their heavyweight champions previously. I know that, um, you know, when Anthony Henry had the title, of course, Amber Young is associated with him there. Um, Ethan Case, he, he's, um, sort of a long gun there as far as that's concerned um of who else there i think you may be right Heath. I don't, I don't think he's ever managed one of their heavyweight champions previously um
0: and it, it, you know at the beginning of the year uh was managing the the tag you know uh the tag team champions uh and then i think if, if i'm not mistaken tommy also managed in some other promotions in uh, north carolina and again just um, Tommy's a heat-seeking missile. So, uh, Nate, uh, Joe, what do you guys think of Tommy Thomas? This is on the record, by the way.
1: Nate, you want to go or me?
3: Uh, either one's fine.
1: Um, Tommy Thomas is doing great things. Um, the Elijah Evans thing this year, he's managed tag team champs before. But um, I'd like to see him in more promotions. And I'd like to see a lot of these folks in more promotions. Amber, Mikey, all these guys. Yep. Um, Bismarck, I think, gave a strong showing for his mm-hmm. first year mm-hmm. as a manager. I know he got a lot of fan votes. Uh, so expect to see him winning this very soon, I would, I would say.
0: Nate, what are your thoughts?
3: Uh, as far as Thomas Thompson is concerned, I've kind of said it before, um, but I think just uh, he has such a strong stable um, uh, there in PWX, just uh, with the syndicate. Uh, I think being able to, to show your worth, um, show that you're needed and you have a place there um, when you're surrounded by such great talent. Uh, I've compared it many times to the four horsemen. Each of the horsemen are great wrestlers, great workers, and all great talkers. Did they really need JJ Dillon? Maybe not, but he still proved his worth uh, by his talking skills and his just his skills, you know, ringside interfering when necessary. So I think Tommy Thomas does a good job of doing that um, by just uh, you know showing his value and you know standing out as a manager in a group that might not necessarily need one because they're strong in their own right. Right, right.
0: I, I I agree with what Joe said. I would love to see all these managers out in in lots of more places. Um, You know, would love to see Jack biz market more places. Tommy, the sad thing is, I mean, and 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 the onus of this is on promoters. Is it 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 takes money to bring these guys in, you know? Um, But to me, having a manager at ringside that always adds a certain flavor uh, to a match. It adds a certain flavor to a card um especially one like tommy who can who can talk and get under a crowd skin so i would i would love to just see more managers excuse me let me rephrase that more good managers uh at shows around the carolinas and and all of our all of the finalists here and uh a lot of the people nominated they were they're all really really uh really good um as far as that goes um uh, let's talk about Brett Wolverton. What else can be said about Brett Wolverton that hasn't already been said?
2: I don't know. I think at this point we're almost to a, a level where this has to become the Brett Wolverton Memorial. Um, uh, what could you say? You know, he, he is a, not only a tremendous talent in terms of his ability to make a seemingly simple match, have a big fight feel with the way he introduces things, but just also a great individual. You know, there are a couple of people that you can always sort of count on looking forward to seeing at a show in terms of when you go to greet them, they're just going to have, you know, a good attitude and whatnot. He typically is one of them. And, you know, that's not just because he has great chocolate chip cookies for sale at most of his shows, but um, just the fact that he's a good dude um, and a great asset to this part of the world in terms of professional wrestling.
0: Yeah, a- absolutely. Uh, yeah, Brett, super great guy. His cookies are delicious. Um, I know Joe and Nate, you guys have, have seen Brett probably mainly at uh, Vowler Pro uh, as he's become you know a staple down there. What are your thoughts on Brett Wolverton?
1: My wife is over here bothering me right now, saying she wants Brett Wolverton to make her some fudge. <laughs> I had to ask him before he came to viral this past weekend if he was going to bring any fudge for her, and he said oh. he doesn't usually do that. So, no, I but yeah, and my wife didn't go come to the show. Um, oh
0: man, Red posted the company some tickets. Oh. Yeah.
1: So, but no, Wolverton. It, I mean, total professional. That's that's really all that needs to be said. He always he always brings in a good element, and and his uh his preview videos for pwx and, and viral they're amazing they're just amazing
2: nate I, I don't know if he does those no. on i'm sure he doesn't do those on his own but that's something that i did not even think of in terms of his um adding value to the promotions that he worked for but they're great videos Yeah.
0: nate what are your thoughts on brett wolverton
3: I, I think he's uh, super talented just a uh, next level talent and uh, something that might be often overlooked by some promotions uh, it's just uh that's a lot of professionalism to the shows and uh, i think he definitely does that um one of those things like like robert kind of hinted at it might be one of those things where you have to to uh, name the award after him to give someone else a chance because uh, he kind of has it has it on lock so to speak so
0: yeah uh so brett obviously a guy that's won that award multiple times let's move to somebody was new this year and that's referee of the year Jared Fritz who was somebody I nominated Uh, I have seen him at so many different places and to me that was for me I nominated Jared because of the number of promotions he worked and this is skill in the ring and and also he wasn't just working different he was in some big-time matches and I was really happy for him. He got uh, got some great opportunities. Wrestlecade weekend, that was well deserved, and uh, this award was uh, well deserved as well. I thought, Joe, what do you think about uh, Jared?
1: I love Jared. Jared's awesome. Jared and I talk pretty regularly. Um, the what you mentioned about him being in big matches. There's a kind of a running joke that if Darius Lockhart has a title match, Jared has to be part of the package to ref it. Right. Uh, like his, his match with Shane Strickland that people are still talking about. Jared was a ref for that. Uh but yeah, Jared has definitely has earned this award.
0: Nate, what about you? What are your what are your thoughts on Jared?
3: I think he has a lot of, of uh, legitimacy. Um, kinda like, uh, like Chris Williams, another finalist. Um, you know, as far as like they're there to enforce the rules and lay down the law. And um, those guys are very good at that. Um, they're good at keeping a, a straight face, which is kind of a pet peeve of mine when I see a referee in a match and they're uh, they're getting onto the wrestlers, but they're still kind of cracking a smile, so to speak. Um, so Jerry's, you know, good at taking the, you know, keeping a straight face. Um, he's trained. He knows how to take a bump. If there's a ref bump involved, um, he does that well. It's a, it's a very realistic. It's convincing. Um, so he's total package uh, as far as like his size as well. He's, he's shorter than a lot of the talents. Mm. Um, it's another kind of pet peeve of his. it's kind of the old school of me is, is seeing uh, uh, you see some bigger referees that uh, they're bigger than the talent. Same thing with managers that are as taller, you know, are taller than your talent. And it just makes them not look larger than life. Like the talent should be where the focus should be on them. So Jared, like I said, being uh, kind of shorter than a lot of the guys, they, uh, Gets that to it as well yeah absolutely
2: you were talking about uh, the sort of differences between jared and like chris wiggins and also ray boring who all threw in there as well to me the the big difference is you look at someone like jared and he is a guy who you could almost see in like an mma ring mm-hmm. and he has that realistic quality about him um not that he's not able to emote and whatnot but by contrast you look at somebody like Chris Wiggins and also Ray Boring, they have not only that, you know, good officiating uh, quality to them in terms of how they're able to, you know, be in, involved in the matches, but also uh, from an officiating standpoint. But also in terms of how they're able to sell what's in there, also with their expressions, their countenance, the way they hold themselves, you know. And Wiggins is to me one of the top in terms of that whole thing there, um, and it it probably is a continuation of him having been an in-ring performer at one point in time. So he has the training in the background to now bring that to the forefront of his work as an official. So, um, again, you know, kudos to Jared, but, uh, he's, he had some tight competition this year. Uh, so, uh, I think we'll continue to see some great work ball through these men and probably some more here in next year as well.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about, um, uh, before we get to Wrestle of the Year, let's talk about the feud of the year: Malachi Matthews uh, and Ethan Case. This is one uh, I nominated a couple uh, of feuds for this award. Um, Robert, in your in your mind, before we talk about the actual feud, in your mind, what makes uh, what makes something qualify for what you you would consider a feud?
2: You know, it, for the longest time it was a, you know, a series of matches, mm. but I think in this era of this, you know, sort of sports entertainment slash professional wrestling, it doesn't necessarily have to be a series of matches. Mm. And we've seen that not only become true with what Malachi and Ethan did this year, also, you know, last year with what Corey Hollis and John Schuyler did because they did not have, you know a a series of matches they had what i will call a series of encounters right and the same thing was true with malika and ethan to where um and they did it to a remarkable degree to where it was not just you know in palmetto championship wrestling it was in palmetto championship wrestling it was in action-packed wrestling in chester it was in pwx for example um so just the ability to have that uh, combat spin uh various states, various promotions. Great piece of work by both of those men.
0: It's It's been fun for me uh, editing the, the Palmetto shows this year and going back um, and just following it, even back to the Palmetto Classic. And Ethan dives out of the ring and accidentally, accidentally hits Malachi and loses the match. And... Just to see, like you just said, the encounters, and then, uh, to be honest, a lot of times I don't like to see the first match in a feud be like the end all be all, but that street fight between he and Malachi Matthews was was so good. It was, it was great to experience that live. It, I mean, one of the hardest things that I'm encountering is getting that live feel to the to the video uh, i know uh joe you and nate have have watched um part of that feud uh, unfold this year nate what are your thoughts on malachi matthews versus ethan case
3: um i was really impressed by the feud um especially with this uh, instant gratification society uh, that we're a part of now where the payoff is just instant okay here's the story quickly and here's the the payoff match we'll build to the next show right and then it's over with I can't tell you what happened, you know, three pay per views ago with the WWE product just because nothing has any kind of longevity to it. Nothing really means anything anymore. Everything's quick, you know, month to month, week to week. Um, This was a nice little build that, you know, for that took, what, a few months to get to the payoff. Like you said, it spilled over in other promotions as well. So uh, that was, I think it's a rarity now, especially in independent wrestling, to see something like that. A few that, Um, had that kind of a build to it
0: yeah yeah joe what about you
1: well let me put it this way i think uh malachi matthew sold more free malachi t-shirts than any of his other gear ever (laughs) Uh, so that tells you that tells you that the fans were on board for the feud right um then that 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 occurred during one of the events where he he comes and runs in and attacks ethan i don't know how many attacks there were on ethan and even um Super Law. He attacks Super Law to, to right. make it even more personal. And, you know, this it had to have happened four, five, six times. And, of course, Dave Foster suspends him. He can't get his match. Ethan wants him in, wants revenge. The whole thing was played out perfectly and executed perfectly for that one match.
0: Right, right.
1: Uh, series, series of matches is cool. I, I like that, too. But in this case, this was played out perfectly.
0: Yeah. And even it's some stuff be, Malachi Oh go, sorry. Ahead. oh go ahead Robert.
2: I, I, I think what we're what the point we're all getting at is that this was a very innovative thing and to see it played out here with some of our local favorites makes it even more special.
0: Yeah I, I uh yeah and even some stuff Malachi did via some other venues and social media just only added to the uh and I believe that was the week leading up to the match only added to the anticipation of, of that match. Uh, finally, let's talk about wrestler of the year, a guy who's been around for a long time, a guy who went away for a while and then came back, reinvented himself, uh, went to the New Japan Dojo in California earlier this year, and really just as a professional wrestler, character-wise, just stepped it up. And uh, Billy Brash to me really deserved uh deserved wrestler of the year what I found odd as I'm looking back over the awards is all three finalists of the three finalists for Wrestler of the year Darius was the only one that held a heavyweight title in the Carolinas this year and it was the PCW title which he held for a couple of hours during the Palmetto Classic. Now, Billy Brash had, you know, had the AML Prestige title, Chester APW Carolina's title. He had kind of like um, the, the secondary title, uh, but again, all three finalists, great, great wrestlers. Um, Joe, what are your, some of your thoughts on Billy Brash? Who's a double winner this year?
1: Um, if you go back and listen to when we first talked to uh, Redbeard here, that was my choice for wrestler of the year. So I've uh, been on board with, with Brash for the whole year. And I know Nate's going to tell you Brash is his favorite wrestler too, but uh, yeah, he, he has definitely stepped his game up, definitely earned this. Uh, all the, all the, I mean, you know, Drake, Darius can't really go wrong, but but I think Billy Brash really stood out this year. I'll turn it over to Nate.
3: Yeah. Like you said, a real strong top three. Um, all three or three of my favorites You know, definitely in my top five, um, very well my top three, to be honest. Um, but yeah, just look at where Billy Brad has come from. Even just looking at one or two years ago, two years ago, especially just, uh, the transformation he's made, you know, with his weight loss and getting in shape and he's doing moves now. If you see him on highlight videos that I can't imagine him doing previously. Um, his, his mic work is excellent, uh, which is, it doesn't get, to, get displayed nearly enough. Um, this promo work is really good. Uh, promo video setting up, you know, for an event. Um, some stuff you do with the Monster Squad. Um, they they had a manager when they first started, and that uh, was a Mikey Colino, and he's moved on to, you know, being Coach Mikey with the Ducks, and uh, had you know, much success with that, and so um, Billy kind of took over that role as being the mouthpiece for the Monster Squad, and kind of being the handler, so to speak, for Cutshaw. He just, uh, he just transitioned in that position just, you know, super smoothly, so uh, a lot of respect for Billy and uh, a lot of work he's put in, like you said, the, with the new Japan dojo and just, uh, I mean, the sky's the limit for this guy, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Robert, you've been around the Carolina scene for a long time and have kind of watched the progression and the growth and the, the evolution of Billy Brash. What are, what are some of your thoughts on this young man?
2: I'd say you, you're exactly right there because I can remember years ago um, when I first moved down to this part of the world, I, I'm not originally from the Midlands of South Carolina. I grew up in Lancaster, South Carolina, which is not too far from Charlotte, of course. Um, Saw some great wrestling up there, but whenever I moved down here, we had uh, promotion uh, champions with attitudes. Um, And Billy was, I don't know if he was trained there or or, or what, but he burst on the scene in that promotion. And it was firefighter Billy Brash at that point in time. Right. Um, I'm not sure if he's still, uh, uh, involved in, uh, that service or not, but, uh, I know at one point in time he was a legit fireman. Um, but to see him go from sort of that there to where he is now, it's really remarkable because even, you know, back then John Scholar was involved with that promotion as well because, um, he was a fan of course, and then grew into being what he is now, but, uh, brash and Skyler were tag team champions in CWA a long time ago. Um, so again, you know, just seeing where they've come from, seeing where they are now to continue to see these faces in doing great things. It's a, just a tremendous pleasure to me to, to see where these guys are now because I can remember where they were. Um, so it's, it's, it's awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: Guys, any any final thoughts from you guys, or what are some any any predictions in any of these categories? Looking looking to uh, next year, Nate. Let's start with you. What are some what are some predictions for next year?
3: Um, honestly, I think if I mentioned to Joe as far as the tag, the tag team category goes, um, if there were a category for up and coming tag team this year, um, I think the Filth would have been definitely in the running for that. Um, yeah, I think it's too soon for them this year to have Tag Team of the Year, uh, but give them time and they'll, they'll be uh, in that spot. I'm uh, super impressed with them. A lot of uh, teamwork together in their matches, which I think sets you apart from uh, being a legitimate tag team versus just two guys being stuck together. You can tell they're really to put effort and time into to their craft. And um, So filth is, is a, my pick for next year, at least, um, if not winners, but definitely being a finalist.
0: Yeah, yeah. Joe, what about you? Any any predictions for next year?
1: Uh, I agree. I agree with Nate. Like you said, we've we've talked about filth a good bit, um, and because I think they were kind of late comers this year, is the only reason they weren't uh, nominated enough to be a finalist. But next year could be their year. And I mentioned earlier, Bismarck. I think next year Bismarck will win Manager of the Year, and um, I think next year's Rising Star is going to be an insane category and fire carolina is going to be an insane category i think there'll be some some people that were not even nominated or mentioned this
0: year that are going to be on that list yeah absolutely i i think uh, i'm going to go out on a limb guys this is my prediction for the awards next year they're going to create some controversy and a lot of conversation you know i'm just saying i know that seems like a crazy thing to say uh, but no. that's one of the things that makes it great is like, if, uh, if you were doing it and there wasn't debate and there wasn't, you know, uh, strong debate and strong disagreements, um, it just shows to me at the heart of it for most people, not all it shows their passion, uh, for wrestling. It shows their passion for their favorites. It shows their passions for their their favorite promotions. Uh, I think, um, I mean, what one of my hopes for next year, just for the CPW, CPWAs, is that more wrestlers, more promotions, just continue to get more exposure. Uh, whether it's you know through, uh, I, I think about some of the interviews that uh nate and joe have done on suplexes and mics and really given uh some of these folks a platform that they have not had before and they just they ran with it and you know what i'm trying to do with uh, some of our podcasts and just trying to get the get the word out and um yeah and hope and hopefully it's just it just continues to grow hopefully people um you know participate um Robert let me ask you this I know you did you know this was the first year for the fan voting uh, you also did fan um, fan nominations and I and again I'm not privy to behind the scenes or anything I do remember last year that when the dominant when the finalists were announced there was an uproar from some PCW folks well hey why didn't this guy why didn't this guy and it's like they weren't really aware and then this year I think a lot of nominations came in from people that were following PCW. I think it's, sh- it showed and, r- and rightly so well, well deserved. Um, but what do you want to see happen before I get in your predictions? How does, what's your vision kind of for that fan involvement, not just for the nominations, but for that fan voting.
2: I would love to continue to get more input from the fans in terms of what they send in. Uh, you know, we, Uh, This is something that I have kind of held to myself, but I'll go and say it now. If you're watching this and you feel like you were maybe left out or glazed over or whatnot, please keep in mind, you know, that we were trying throughout the entire year to get people to send us material. Trust me, I don't have a problem watching more wrestling. Right. If you send it to me, I'm going to watch it. And in that same regard, if you think that you've done enough to get noticed and to be a finalist or whatnot. Just maybe, you know, for the sake of safety, go ahead and send in that nomination because it never hurts. Um, you know, and it, it I want to say one of these things as well. Um, as far as, you know, people will feel like they're coy about sending in a nomination or whatnot. Don't be. Right. Because here again, you might have a diamond in the rough out there. And I fully admit that that is a possibility in one of these, you know, little far off promotions and somewhere in the middle of nowhere in North Carolina, there might be a guy out there who is the next Cedric Alexander or the next JD Drake or whoever. Um, we'd love to find out. I'd love to be able to say, hey, you need to go look at this guy. And, you know, that's been the case here. Um, like, I'll, you, know, you were talking about predictions for next year um, and talking about, you know, people who have been sort of discovered from the middle of nowhere. One name that I'll bring up immediately in terms of looking at 2019 is Lucky Ali. Um, Mm -hmm. I think he's a young man who is he's still got plenty of green around the gills, but if he continues to listen to the right people, continue to train and get better, he's going to be one of those types that you can't ignore, in my opinion. Um, And I think people are catching on to him. Uh, They definitely are because he's he's become uh, somewhat of a mainstay at PWX Pure. So there you go. Uh, there's one to look out for. Um, you know, it, there's there's such opportunity right now in the Carolinas for people to come in to this part of the world. It's so difficult to say, you know, one way or the other, who's going to be somebody to look out for. But I would love to see uh, the new presence, the continued presence of the international superstars, Joey Osborne yeah. and uh, Blanco Loco. Um, those are two tremendous performers there as well. Um, I really, you know, we were talking about names that did not get brought up one that I think will be a big time player in 2019 is uh, Montana black, mm. um, big man, big, big man. And, you know, in terms of wrestling these days, you don't see men of his size involved with the business that much anymore. But, uh, I definitely think he's going to be one to contend with here going forward. Um, but yeah, I you know we, we talk about depth and we talk about whether or not we're going to have enough talent to go around. I, I still think we do. I still think the cupboard is pretty full around here. So we're uh, we're blessed as wrestling fans to be able to watch uh, what we have here in the Carolinas. And I'm glad to be a little part of it in you know moderating the CPWAs year after year.
0: Yeah, I think I think the next six seven weeks in wrestling are going to be nuts nationwide in professional wrestling um i just saw today where uh you've got nxt talent coming to evolve evolves coming to charlotte you got new japan coming to charlotte monster factory just announced they got a big announcement saturday night you got the possible elite uh promotion starting and it's it's very i mean there's a good chance some of the folks we're following even maybe some of these award winners they're signed by this time next year and yep. uh, and I, it's like you said there's a lot of talent and it'll be interesting to see if that happens and people move on to see who uh, to see who moves up and who just kind of makes the most of, uh, of that opportunity. Um, well I want to thank uh, thank uh, Nate and, and Joe for, for joining us tonight. Uh, we are whether you're listening to the audio of this or watching the video, uh, we are sharing this video with a, uh, a variety of wrestling podcasts and shows uh, for them to distribute uh, as they wish and discuss. We want, you know, we want this announcement to foster even in more discussion. And make sure if you haven't already, uh, go on Facebook, go to the Carol- Carolina's Professional Wrestling Awards group. Uh, it's a growing group over are we at 2000 yet we're getting close
2: right uh, not quite we're at thir- we're around 1300 right now so we uh we're definitely growing and we appreciate everybody who came on board as a result of the fan vote um we saw almost 300 new members in about 2 days time there so that was a great uptick for us yeah well uh
0: red bear any any closing remarks as we uh bring this to a close tonight?
2: Well, I'd just like to continue to say thank you to our panelists that we had this year. You know, Joseph and Nate here were a big part of things, but we also had you know Ray Boring, Kimberly Ann there, um, Zane Riley, Bruce Mitchell, uh, Jamal Talley, uh, everybody who was involved. It was a great crew to work with this year as far as the panel is concerned. Uh, appreciate the fans for your passion. I know that in various instances we haven't all agreed on things and the way this whole thing breaks down but at the end of the day i think we're all wrestling fans and that's the biggest part of this you know that's the big point of this i should say um is that we have things to celebrate and in this case we're celebrating independent professional wrestling so appreciate the fans appreciate the panel and appreciate people like you heath for doing things like staying up towards 10 o'clock on a thursday night when you could be in a nice warm bed somewhere. And instead you're looking at three of our beautiful faces on this wonderful application you've got here, so.
0: <laughs> no, I'm, I, am, I am happy to do it and, and uh, happy to see, you know, just what's what's happening in an independent scene. So thanks, uh, thanks to all you guys. And thanks for everybody who's listening and watching this and let's uh, keep uh, independent wrestling in the region. Let's keep it going strong. So uh, for Robert Truesdale, and Joe and Nate from Suplexes and Mikes. I'm Heath Mulliken and we'll see you next time.